from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Very honored and proud to have this gentleman on the show with me here. He is the torchbearer of the 2019 commit class for Syracuse football, and I'm very happy to have him here on the broadcast. The torchbearer is always the first person to say yes, and he said yes to the Orange a while back here and we appreciate the fact that he is on the show with us right now to speak on that decision, how committed he is to that decision, and so much more. So without further ado, it is my honor and my privilege to have Courtney Jackson on the broadcast. Courtney, how are we doing today? Good, how are you? Good, and, and, and Courtney, you know, first and foremost for you, just what you could tell me about this decision to say yes to Syracuse and just why Syracuse felt like the right fit for you. Well, I mean, I took I took uh, many visits to different schools, but uh, Syracuse it felt different. It felt genuine. Probably the coaches really wanted me there, and uh, I mean, I don't think there's a better offense that fits my type of play style. So it it, 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 it seemed like the right decision. And, and bring me into your play style, like you said. You don't think there's a there's an offense out there that fits your play style like this one does. Bring me into that a little bit deeper into your play style and and why it fits what Syracuse is doing. Well, what we do at uh, Amasco, we, we run tempo just like Syracuse. I mean, they go a little faster, obviously, but we run tempo just like them. Syracuse runs a lot of, like, you know, quick game, quick screen, you know. Um, you know, just little stuff. They, they use, like, little slots and people that can go north and south and east and west, and I think that that's what I do very well. Now, your markdown is an athlete. What does Syracuse have you coming in for? Are they looking at you at the receiver position, or are they looking at something else? Yeah, I'm going up there for receiver. So when you see that and, and, you know, you have that opportunity to be out there as a receiver in this offense, this high-powered, explosive style of offense, quick-moving offense, where do you feel you're the best fit at receiver? Do you have a, a place on the field that you like to be at? Have you kind of utilized your talents all over the field? Bring us into what type of receiver you are. Uh, I believe I'm a slot receiver, like kind of like what Sean Riley does. You know, he does it all. He can return punts, return kicks, play him good in return games. He's going off the quick game, quick streams, and quick passes, and you know, slants and little little routes that that you know just get him the ball in open space. And, I mean, he, he's a playmaker. That's that's what I think I can do. Speaking here with Courtney Jackson, the first to verbally commit to Syracuse for the 2019 incoming class for Syracuse football. I love what you just said because you didn't. You didn't come out and say, oh, you know, I play like Darren Sproles or I play like, you know, Gurley or, or this that, and the other, you know, talking about somebody that's, you know, far off in, in, in the distance at a different place. You said to Syracuse, you said, my style of play is like Sean Riley, and I have a lot of respect for Sean. I knew Sean through his recruitment and obviously in his time at Syracuse. I told him at the beginning of the season, ACC Specialist of the Year. So I guess he's got to fight with the kicker at Syracuse, Andre Schmidt, for that. But, you know, could get an opportunity. Both guys doing great things. What made you say Sean Riley? I know you, you talked about his style a little bit and being able to do everything, but I really appreciate that, and I'm sure that he does too, that instead of shouting out a guy in the NFL, you shouted out him. So why'd you do that? Um, I mean, when I was at the Florida State game, I was watching him, you know, like, 
he just, he just it, it, our games are so similar. And, like, we're not very big guys, but we still can put the ball in the end zone can, and make people miss. You know, we get a lot of things with the ball in our hands. And, I mean, in the game last week, when he was returning punts, and it just, it just uh, it, it seemed a lot like me. And when you look at your game and your style, what would you say are your best attributes? And and then secondly, what are the pieces you want to work on the most? So what are you doing well out there, in your opinion, that's your strong suit? And then what are some of those pieces that you think need to get better as you get ready for Syracuse? I think my strong suit is just like, I mean, just playmaking in general. Like, if I can get the, if I can get the ball, I feel like I can take it to the house at any given time. But, I mean, I, like, what I need to strengthen is probably my route running. And because, like, you know, in college, it's just not high school ball anymore. You know, you have to run routes. You have to be crisp. And uh, I think that's something I need to work on. Monroe, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. I know Pennsylvania very well. I went to school in, in Scranton at Marywood University. And, you know, up and down the, the great state of Pennsylvania, I've been almost, uh, I, I want to say, every single sector of Pennsylvania up to this point. Tell me about Monroeville and and what's, you know, what home feels like and, and what's special about home. Well, I mean, Rose, I think it's a great place to grow up. I mean, it's so diverse, and there's a lot of, a lot of different people from different walks of life. And, uh, I mean, everything's really here. You don't really have to go anywhere, for, anywhere else for anything. But, I mean, uh, and, I, and I think our district has grown, and our football team has gone up in the last few years, so it's a good place to be. And when you look at your football team, I want you to give a shout-out to your high school and, and what has separated them in your mind, what makes them special. So, you know, let everybody know where where you're at and what you're taking away from this team, you know, how this team is making you a better player and a better person. Well, I mean, I've, been, I've been here since I was in fifth grade, so I've been playing with these dudes for almost 10 years, and it's just it's just so good to, you know, last year we won, we won district champions and, and state runner-ups, and, just, you know, it's an accomplishment to, be able to do that with the your brothers technically, and uh, so I'm just I'm proud, I'm proud to be from here, and I can't wait to move on and take what I've learned. And you said that you played with the same people for ten years now. And what has that been like in that experience for you to you know be around these? Because you know once once you know you know the people around you, you know their styles, you know their strengths, their weaknesses. Obviously, that makes you dangerous. And you know up here, my cousin Sammy Tatora played lacrosse. Is playing for Albany right now, D one, but played played lacrosse and played basketball and she had the same girls around her same thing since like fifth grade sixth grade so you know obviously that makes you a very dangerous group of players what can you say about you know having that time with these guys and and being able to bring that into where you are right now and find success with each other i think i think that makes us i mean being close it, it, it it's a whole different ball game i think it creates a different bond that other teams might not have and I think that that's what leads us to winning a lot because um, everybody knows what everybody can do and everybody has trust in everybody because we've been together so long. So it's just like as long as we each do, do our job, then we should be fine. That coming from Courtney Jackson. Courtney Jackson, the first to say yes to Syracuse for the 2019 incoming class. I got to ask you, is this a yes and a yes forever? Or is this a yes and my door is still open? Where's the recruitment at for you? As of right now, my recruitment is closed down. I'm at this stage with me. I'm I'm rolling early in January, so I'm getting everything you know set up for Syracuse. So I'm 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 all in. 
and you said you're going to be an early enrollee coming into Syracuse in January so you can be a part of spring practice instead of waiting until the end of June and being a part of fall practice. What made you want to get in early and just what you could tell me about the decision to be an early enrollee at Syracuse and, and make sure that you're going to be here in just a few months as opposed to the end of next June? Well, I, uh, I mean, I got, I got some knowledge on it, like, like the end of last year, last school year. And I mean, me and my parents, we thought about it, and then like I, I learned that I was able to do it, like my schedule and credits and all that. So I was like, I mean, why not? We'll just there's so many benefits to it. And so, with you coming in and having that opportunity to get started early, how important is that for you to try and acclimate yourself with the offense and you know show Syracuse what you're made of, so that you can essentially have a leg up when it comes to fall camp and moving forward. I mean, I think. Me get in early, I'll be able to be in the weight room and you know get get, get bigger and uh, learn the playbooks, get familiar with the coaches and you know college. And I mean, with playing spring ball, when when real season comes, it won't be as fast because I've been in it for a little bit. So I mean, I think it's it's a huge advantage. That coming from Courtney Jackson. Courtney, I want to read what you had to say. It's up on your Twitter account, and if anybody wants to follow Courtney on Twitter, it's at cjackson, the number nine underscore. That's at cjackson, the number nine underscore. You said, first, I want to thank God for blessing me and leading me in the right direction to make the right decisions. Secondly, I want to thank Jory and Derek Jackson for all their support and guidance they've given me throughout my life. None of this would have been possible without them. I'd also like to thank close friends and family for their support and faith in me. Next, I want to thank every coach that has helped me better myself as a player and a man. Also, I want to give a special thanks to Shelby and Coach Hole for all the hours we put in, helping me better myself physically and mentally. Also, Coach Will for putting me on and creating many opportunities. Lastly, my Gator boys, these last couple of years have been amazing with y'all, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for us. After talking with my support system and the coaching staff, I'm proud to announce that I'll be attending Syracuse University. So you thank God first, and then you thank, you know, obviously your 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 guardians, your your parents, your family second. What can you say about, you know, your, your parents and, you know, all the love that they've given you to go a little bit deeper into that, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about faith after. But what can you say about your parents? My parents, I think they've they believed in me since day one. I mean, they've done, they've been the best parents. They've done everything they could to, to put me in position. I mean, whatever I wanted, you know, like when it comes to like, you know, not, not sport, but like sports and all that, you know, workouts, days, going on AU trips, you know, we're going for days, spending money just, just for me so I could, you know, better myself. And, and I think they, they don't get as much credit as they should, but I really appreciate it. And then you thanked God first and foremost. And on this show, Wake Up Call with Dan Satori, as you'll come to know, Courtney, is God is God is first, God is last, God is always. So you thank God first in, in, in everything that you had to say in that notice of your commitment to Syracuse. Bring me into your relationship with God and how important faith is in your life. My mom always tells me, you know, just, just to pray on things. And, you know, she, I mean, it's a blessing that I have this opportunity. And, uh, you know, she just always tells me to stay prayed up and, you know, just that, that everything's a blessing. And when you look at, you know, staying prayed up, do you feel that those prayers got answered? Did you ask God for any direction in this process or, or help with it? Do you feel like you had a conversation that was answered? Oh, yeah. I mean, I asked them, you know, just, just to help me make the right decision. And I mean, I, it was in my heart. I just, it just felt like it just felt right. I was like, you know, he must answer the call. And, and said, this is it. 
And Syracuse obviously playing well right now, 4-1. and one. Uh, Could have been 5-0, and oh, very close to defeating Clemson in Death Valley, something that nobody has done in 11 games now. Clemson has not lost since 2016 at home, and Syracuse was close at making that happen. What can you say about Syracuse through their first five games, and what you think of this team? Because they've, you know, Dino Babers has been preaching change, preaching improvement, but now we're we're really starting to see it here in year three with the team being four and one, and, and very close to being bowl eligible. So, what do you think about the team so far? I mean, I, I think it's been, I think it was a great season. I mean, uh, I think the Babers turned it around. And, and you can see this season like they big hits them because of juice in them. Like they, you know, they want to win and then they want to be great. And, and I feel like I'm walking into something good. And when you look at the rest of the recruiting class, a bunch of guys have said yes to Syracuse. Twelve guys now, including yourself. Have you spoken with anybody else? Is there a group chat or anything that's kind of brought you together at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, our, uh, our recruiting, like the recruiting um, coordinator, they made a little Twitter group chat, but I, I kind of put everybody on Snapchat, you know, so we can talk separately. Or whatever, but yeah, we so we started communicating and stuff. I mean, I went to the game a couple more years, so you know. And what can you say about you know that connection? Is there anybody that you've really built a relationship with at this point? Uh, I, I would say Luke Denson and probably Cornelius Run. Uh, we, we were at the game at the Florida State game together, and me and Luke actually ran. We ran at states against each other. So I mean, I, I didn't know at that time. Like we were, at that time, we weren't. I was committed. But he wasn't, but you know, now we're both committed. So. So you had that. You were at the Florida State game, obviously a big time game for Syracuse up against Florida State at home in the Carrier Dome. Signature win under Dino in his first year against Virginia Tech in the Dome. Signature signature win his second year against Clemson, the reigning national champion at the time, and a signature win against Florida State. Even though they're not as they have been in recent past, Syracuse had not defeated Florida State in 52 years, dating back to 1966. What was the atmosphere like in the dome for you with that? What did you take away from that game where Syracuse not only defeated but dominated Florida State 30 to seven? Well, I realized the dome was hot to begin with. I didn't know I didn't know it was going to be that warm in here, but um, no, it was a, it was a great experience, and and I think like. Like the dome, it's, just, it's different. I, I've never been nowhere like that. It's loud. The third down defense, crazy. So I, mean, I, I can't, I can't wait to play in it. And you said, you know, it was, it was hot, it was loud, it was crazy. Tommy DeVito was out there. You as a receiver on this team, that looks to be your guy for the future moving forward. What did you think about Tommy, who stepped in, led the charge, got the team into the end zone, and ultimately got the victory? I, I think Tommy's legit. I mean, I was watching the whole game. He he, he went in there. He, he just looked comfortable. He didn't, he didn't look like he was like starstruck at all. I mean, and, I mean, playing against Florida State, that's just you know, player wise, that's just like as big as they get. And like he, he seems so so calm and composed. And I, I think he's ready. That coming from Courtney Jackson, 2019 torchbearer for Syracuse's incoming recruiting class. Off of the football field, I promised you this off the air, Courtney. We're going to do rapid fire. That's something that I've been doing on the show for a very long time. I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you that have nothing to do with football. And then, out of respect for you, something that broadcasters and interviewers don't do and journalists typically don't do is allow you to ask the questions. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Then I'll put myself on the hot seat. And my first question for you, Courtney, is if there's one song and one song only you had to listen to for the rest of your life, what would it be? Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Is Meek Mill the greatest rapper of this current generation, or is there somebody else that you like currently? No, 
I'd probably say Lil Wayne's the greatest rapper of this generation. My favorite right now is Deep Throat. All right, fair enough. If you, if anybody could play, play you in a movie, who would it be and why? Oh, definitely comedian. I'd probably say like Chris Tucker because because like, like he's kind of goofy, but like, he's not really like stand up. I mean, he's stand up funny, but like he's more just goofy, he's, like like a goofy personality, outgoing personality. That's kind of like what I am. But I might not be serious at times, but a lot of times I'm goofy. So you would say Chris Tucker would play you in a movie. What would be the name of the movie? A life of Courtney Jackson. Fair enough. Give me three things on your bucket list that you have not done yet. I have not done yet. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't know. I don't really. Think, I don't really think I want to like do anything crazy. I'm not. I'm not. Like, I'm like afraid of heights. I'm not afraid of heights, but I'd rather not like skydive or anything like that. Some crazy. I mean, I've been on the country before. I don't know. I want to go like to Europe, maybe. Go to Europe. Right. I, I, I want to travel the world. The internet wants to travel the world. Okay. I've, so, I've been in Mexico. I haven't traveled the world. I really. So your bucket list would include traveling the world? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Give me one food that you can't live without. Probably macaroni and cheese. Is it homemade or is it from somewhere? I mean, macaroni and cheese anywhere is like, you, you're not going to find bad macaroni and cheese anywhere, I don't think. Well, my mom's like, different. Good. All right, fair enough. And I'm going to give you two more. Give me... Give me your favorite movie of all time. My favorite movie is Lion King, and it will never change. And why Why is Lion King your favorite? I don't know. I just kind of fell in love with it when I was a kid. And, like, I still, to this day, watch it. Like, whenever it's on, I'll turn it on just to watch it. Like, I don't know. It's just... That's a great story to it. And, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. That movie just connects to me. Will you sing portions of The Lion King if nobody's around in the house? No, I mean, maybe if, like, if I just watched it, it might be stuck in my head a little bit, but probably not. All right, fair enough. My final question for you is to give me a mission statement on who you are, not just as a football player, but totally as a person. If I said Courtney Jackson is blank, what would you say? I think he's an outgoing, caring person that is hardworking and determined in anything he does. That's all part. Yeah, that's probably it. Fair enough. All right, Courtney, you get to throw me on the hot seat. I'm going to give you five questions. You can ask me any five questions. This is live radio. Courtney Jackson, 2019 torchbearer for Syracuse's incoming recruiting class, is on the line with me right now here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and I have now put myself on the hot seat. You got five questions. This is impromptu. None of this is prepared. So go ahead, Courtney. Whatever you ask me, I got to answer it. All right, so how did you get into broadcasting? I fell in love with, uh, I really, I love, I've always loved storytelling and I've been writing stories on my dad's like word processor when I was a little kid. So, you know, I was a typewriter with this little green screen that had black lettering and you would type on there before computers. And so I've always loved telling stories. I've loved bringing people together. So between those two things and then watching Sports Center with Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott when I was a kid, I fell in love with that. Stuart Scott, I call him the mentor that he never knew he was. 
because, you know, what he did and how he did it was such a beautiful thing that, you know, I, I, I feel like he really touched my life and, and told me it's okay to be weird. It's okay to be different. You know, whatever people say you are is not who you are. You determine who you are. And I felt that, you know, not only did that count in my life, but being a broadcaster, I want to be able to tell your story and everybody's story. You know, we've had over a thousand people on the show and it's important for me to tell the truth and tell the story the right way. So for me, you know, why, why be a broadcaster and continue to be one? Because people need to see positivity. They need to be brought together. And, you know, you guys, when you're talking about things, you need to be represented the right way. And I know that I can represent you the right way. So, you know, I take pride in that. Okay, I respect it. Um, did, your, did your family, like, stand behind you with your decision to broadcast? My mom called me on my graduation day. And she said, are you sure you want to do this? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, I was looking into it, and it looks like it's really difficult, and it's going to be really hard and cutthroat and whatnot. And I said, Mom, when have I never, or when have I ever not taken the road that's really hard? I said, you know, God paves a bunch of roads, and he would always, you know, put a knife in my hand, point toward the forest, and say, you're cutting through that and making your own road. And if I tried to go down a paved road, he would turn me back to that and say, you're cutting that down, and you're paving yourself a new road. So... You know, I accepted the challenge. I think, you know, my mom, I, my mom's always, always had my back. Uh, my G-mama who just passed away, my grandma, um, you know, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I think with my dad, he's always been the nine to five job. So it took him a really long time to understand what I was doing was real. But he came on the road with me uh, to the ACC tournament in Washington, D.C. And he's and I just worked, you know, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day. And then, you know, we're in the hotel, I'm up, I'm, I'm broadcasting, I'm doing my show, I'm giving updates, I'm doing all this stuff and research. And he woke up and he looked at me and he's like, are you working right now? Yeah. He, and he's looking at me like, are you doing your show? And I said, yeah. He's like, God, he's like, you know, you really do a lot. And it was that trip that kind of got him to see just how, you know, how much it is and how it's so much more than a nine to five job. But yeah, I, I mean, uh, I've had a lot of support, and I would say that my mom and my grandma have uh, have been massive with that because they've 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 you know they'll come out to everything and do everything they could do, and I know my grandma's watching over me, so you know I've had some good people support me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and wh- why did you choose Syracuse? Why did I choose Syracuse? You said. Yeah. Uh, this is my hometown, so you know, for me. I've lived in Orlando. I lived in Scranton, Pennsylvania. You know, I, I've done my show up and down the East Coast. You can listen to the show worldwide. We have people listening in Spain. We've had people all over the country listen. And, uh, you know, just for me to start my own company, I worked at ESPN. I worked with Fox. I worked with Yahoo. And to work with each of those companies and their, you know, affiliates and whatever, you know, it meant a lot to me. But to put my name on the door, I couldn't think I couldn't think of a better place than Syracuse, which is a blue collar, hard working town. So if I was gonna start my company anywhere, it had to be at home because I love my home. And it's not cliche and it's I'm not just saying it. I I love Syracuse. I love the grit of Syracuse. I love the fight of Syracuse. And, you know, this is a city that if this city stands behind you, there's some pretty awesome people that are that are a part of that. So, you know, I love the city and and I know the city loves me, so here I am. Yes, sir. Um, how would you describe yourself? Funny, 
outgoing, spontaneous. Uh, what, what, else, what else would I say? I would like to think intelligent, <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely faithful, um, very faith-driven, very God-oriented, unique, original. I'm, I'm, I'm the person that will come up with the idea that people will copy. I'm not the one to copy an idea because I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a really crappy way to live your life. So you know, I, I would just, I would say all those things, but the big ones are faithful and, and funny and very loving, very uh, loving and caring. I, I would do anything for anybody, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I appreciate that I have some people that would do the same for me. So. You know, you got to be good to people. So I, I would like to think that I am, and there you are. So what's your final question for me? My final question is, do you have any siblings, or are you, like, the only child? I am. It's only me. Yeah, figure. <laughs> you, you, you didn't mention any siblings in our ex-wilted family. So. Yeah, no, and it, the funny thing is I feel like God's given me, you know, family from this. I, I got a lot of brothers and sisters out there now. So, you know, it's, it's funny how I wasn't given a biological sibling, but you know, Rob Drummond was just on the show before you and, you know, he's a brother to me. And, and so I, I have a lot of, uh, I got a lot of family somehow it figure this one out, Courtney, I don't have any brothers or sisters yet. I have three nieces. So I guess that kind of spells it out for you. <laughs> so with that, with that being said, I got some great friends. So shout out to Ross and, and also to Jason for making me an uncle. So I appreciate it. With that being said, this is Courtney Jackson on the line with you. 2019 incoming recruiting class. Spent a ton of time with us this morning. First time on the show. Hopefully the first of many. Courtney, we'd love to have you back on the broadcast. Yes, sir. I'd love to be back. All right, man. Well, be good in the meantime. God bless with everything. Keep going out there and killing it in the classroom and on the field, and we'll look forward to talking with you soon. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. That coming from Courtney Jackson once again of the Syracuse Orange future Syracuse University with that recruiting class of 2019, the torchbearer for it. The first one to say yes, Courtney Jackson. He is a wide receiver coming out of Monroeville, PA. He said yes to Syracuse on April 27th of this year, followed by Joe Rondi defensive tackle out of New Jersey, who said yes on June 13th. Anthony Red, offensive guard, who said yes out of Connecticut on June 17th. And then we have Jeff Canton, who said yes on June 22nd out of Quebec City, Quebec. And uh, later on, his teammate, Matthew Bergeron, Bergeron, said yes, offensive tackle on July 9th. And in between that, Cornelius Nunn, who was brought up by Courtney Jackson, safety out of Florida, said yes on June 23rd. Adrian Cole, cornerback out of Florida, said yes on June 23rd as well. Luke Benson, who Courtney Jackson brought up, said yes to Syracuse as from Pennsylvania at the tight end position on June 24th. Dorian Hewitt said yes, safety out of Texas on July 28th, followed by Garrett Williams, cornerback out of North Carolina on August 1st. Ishmael Goulborn, August 1st as well out of Florida, defensive end, and and Nazir Burnett said yes to Syracuse out of Pennsylvania on August 3rd. So 12 yeses for Syracuse all started with Courtney Jackson for the 2019 incoming class, and we appreciate him being on the show. We hope for many more conversations with Courtney and a hell of a, a, hell of a hot seat. Hell of a rapid fire from Courtney Jackson. He's on point. Maybe he needs to broadcast with me when all's said and done and he's out of the NFL years and years and years down the road. 
So thank you so much for tuning in to that. We'll come back with the ingredients to success and some NFL coverage in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. is spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious nine ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90 inch monster. Watch your game enjoy time with family friends as well as bringing the kids to the playroom the SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines as well as Robert Drummond Syracuse football alum and Dan Satora's pre-game show two hours before kickoff for every home game private parties available as well for as many as 300 people Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Gear up with the real deal at Dreisig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at DreisigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And always appreciate you tuning in to the broadcast and having some fun with us here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So appreciate it very, very much. Hope you're all having a great day, enjoying life and making the most of it. I know it's raining out there in central and upstate New York, but you know what, folks? These are the days, you know, you got you to gotta take lemons and turn them into lemonade, always and forever. So what that means about days like today is go outside and you see it. Yeah, I understand. I understand that it's it's not pretty outside. So you curl up, right? You curl up, you relax, you watch a movie, you go to the movies, you spend some time with your loved ones. If you're at work, you know, you, you, you listen to a nice song, you do something good for yourself. You don't have to look at a day like today that's raining and dreary outside and go, oh my God, it's a terrible day. Oh my God, it's so sad. Oh my God, it's, it's this, that, and the other thing. So, you know, you have to look at a day like today and appreciate it, love it, and respect it for what it is. So love today. And find something good about today. I like putting a sweatshirt on. And I like, you know, I like getting all cozy and warmed up. I love hanging out with the dog. I love the fact that my wife will be home tonight and we'll get to, you know, watch some TV together and, and be close to one another. And I love that. That's so exciting for me, you know. And I know that the world needs the rain. I know that we need a little bit of that love. And it keeps me from having to cut the lawn right now. So there's a lot of positives that you can take from it raining today. So don't take it as a negative, folks. There's a reason why God does what he does. Just appreciate life and be good to one another. Getting into the NFL and what's been going on, we started the conversation about the NFL with Earl Thomas and Le'Veon Bell talk with Rob Drummond just a little bit before. But to take a look at this week in week four of the NFL, I want to go down here and take a look at how we've been doing here when it comes to our predictions. For those of you that know what we've been doing, I have a prediction group. It's myself, Jordan Newman, John Newman, and Mike Sofka. And every single week we predict who we believe will win every single matchup inside of the NFL. So you have seen us pick each week. In week one, I won that week. 11-4-1 and one was my record. Followed by Mike and John at 8-7-1 and, and Jordan at 6-9-1. and one. In week two, the winner of that week was Mike, 10-5-1. Jordan was 9-6-1. And, and John and I were 8-7-1. Week three, I was 9-7. Mike was 9-7. Followed by John at 6-10 and, and Jordan at 5-11. and 11. So we've seen a lot of great matchups. A lot of crazy matchups have happened and, you know, some of these games have just been very intense. You know, when it comes to the Cincinnati game up against Atlanta, Cincinnati winning the game 37-36. to There's been some, you know, nuts games that have been very close that have happened in recent history. And then there's games like the Bears game against the Bucks this week where here I am thinking, okay, Jameis Winston's eligible to come back. It's only a matter of time until they play him, but I'd like to see Ryan Fitzpatrick do well. And it's almost like he got stage fright. It's almost like he's sitting there saying, well, I could lose my job. And, you know, the nervousness of I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my job, I'm going to lose my job. So then he lost his job. That's why people tell you all the time, you have to think positive, be positive, and trust in yourself because you become what you think. You become who you think you will become. Your mind is a terrible thing to waste, and it's a terrible thing to put on the other side of you. 
Your mind should always be playing for you. Your mind should always be on your team, and that should be the reality of it all. So make sure that you're trusting in yourself, believing in yourself, and loving yourself in these situations. So big-time matchups that are going on. I'm taking a look right now to see how everybody shaped out this week, and you can go to wakeupcalldt.com and check out our standings here and how many games we got right essentially each week so the games in white are the ones we got wrong the games in green are the games that each of us got right in the grand scheme of things and I went out on a limb this week and you know I picked the I thought the Dolphins could take advantage of the Patriots and that didn't work out in my favor by any stretch of the imagination Jordan went out on a limb picking the Bills to go up against the Packers and win the game, thinking that they could do some things, and the Bills didn't even score a single point. You know, letting Green Bay look tremendous in this, you know, as far as, you know, overall. And the thing is, there's still trouble in paradise, which is confusing. I mean, you take down the Bills, who are not a great team in the NFL. You know, I think with Josh Allen, they, they looked good against Minnesota, but it's about consistency. You know, every squirrel gets their nut at some point, but it's how are you going to finish and how are you going to continue? Are you going to have one good game or are you just going to have a few good moments out there? And right now the Bills have a few good moments early on in the season, but the game itself, they still have to figure out what they're doing and how they're going to come forward this season. And, you know, are they going to be better? Are they going to be able to move the ball down the field? Because they did nothing against Green Bay, 22-0. to They lose the game in a uh, very sad game for the Buffalo Bills and for their fans after going on the road and taking down Minnesota. So definitely a a season for the Buffalo Bills. I think their offensive line, that's an issue. I think the LaShawn McCoy on and off the field, when people say the off the field stuff has nothing to do with it, I think those people are not educated (laughs) in the grand scheme of things because you take a guy off a team or you have something circling around the team. You know, it's that you don't know if they're going to be there. And with Ezekiel Elliott last season, you know, look at what it did to the Cowboys. Now, I think we're seeing that Dak Prescott wasn't just a, a victim of that environment, but essentially was, you know, when we look at, you know, what's been going on with Dak Prescott this year, does he have Jason Witten anymore? No. Does he have Des Bryant anymore? No. But Dak Prescott cannot move the ball down the field, and he's struggling to do a lot of things out there. And Cole Beasley even came out and talked about the fact that the receivers are getting open. So there's opportunities that are there for the receivers. So, you know, that's it's just when your receivers start coming out and saying, hey, we're open, you just got to get us the ball. Blake Bortles gets so much flack for all the things that he doesn't allegedly do and he can't do this and he can't do that and he can't make this happen, he can't make that happen. Yet when push comes to shove, I would rather have Blake Bortles on the team than Dak Prescott. I would rather have Blake Bortles than Case Keenum. There's a bunch of starters out there that I'd rather have than Blake Bortles. Than, uh, I'd rather have Blake Bortles over those starters. And I think what Dak Prescott is showing right now is that, you know, we thought, okay, maybe it's a Ezekiel Elliott thing. Maybe what happened last year took such a toll on the team that it was hard for him to do anything because he couldn't trust anybody in the rushing game. Well, now we're looking at it saying, you know, maybe this is a Dak Prescott problem because Ezekiel Elliott is healthy, and yet this team is not moving the ball, they're not getting it done, and they're struggling tremendously right now. 
which I find to be, you know, this is kind of a telltale thing of where things stand with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. But, you know, they're run by a team who's, I, you know, th- this is a guy who is stuck in the mud. He's going to make the decisions he wants to make. He's going to do what he feels like doing, and that's Jerry Jones. He's not going to change. He's not going to say that he's wrong. He's not going to admit his faults, and that's an issue. That's a tremendous issue for this team because the more that Jerry Jones keeps Dak Prescott out there, if things aren't working, the more that you know, he stays stuck in the mud about getting rid of Des Bryant but putting nobody in the place to take to carry that load and be good in that situation, to not be ready for that tight end position to move forward as well. You would think that with Jason Winton playing for the Cowboys for as long as he did, you have a backup plan. The Cowboys notoriously never have a backup plan at quarterback. So you would think that you gotta start doing this. You got to start drafting, you know, some defensive players because you let Demarcus Ware go. Morris Claiborne didn't work out. So you have to be prepared for the future. You have to build toward the future. There's a reason why there's free agency trades in the draft. And apparently Jerry Jones doesn't know any of those things anymore because he doesn't utilize them to his advantage. Now, yeah, they win the game over the Lions, but this is still an ugly Cowboys team. You know, you see Aaron Rodgers and and they win 22 to nothing and people are still worried about the Green Bay Packers. So it's interesting how things shake out even when the record or the win from week to week is there doesn't necessarily mean that the team is in good footing. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back and I'll let you know the standings for week four. Who won the week out of Jordan, John, Mike, and myself? And we'll take a look. At the, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other games that went on here, and that'll lead into tomorrow's show. It'll also lead into the ingredients to success in just a little bit. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day. All complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying, in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pick-up times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to K9Campground. 
Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue, in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We are also on WakeUpCallDT.com's homepage. You can catch the live stream there as well. I promised you that I let you know what happened in the standings and I had my first losing week of the season after going 11-4 and 1, 8-7 and 1 and 9 and 7. I went 7 and 8 this week. I rolled the dice on some of the teams out there. Thought the Bucks could get a win against the Bears. Didn't <laughs> I know the Bears defense has gotten better, but I didn't think the Bucks would look that bad. I also gave it up to the Browns, which three out of four of us did, and the Browns lost in overtime and some questionable stuff there, and then I lost out on the Steelers game like everybody else. So ultimately, and I picked the Dolphins over the Patriots. So 7-8 and eight for me this week. 10-5 and five leads the week. Mike Sofka and John Newman, congratulations to them as for being 10-5 and five and leading our group this week in our NFL week-by-week -week predictions. And the final one, is Jordan at 8-7 and seven. this week. You can check out our Week 5 predictions coming up by going to wakeupcalldt.webs.com backslash NFL-predictions. Or you could just go to wakeupcalldt.com, go over to the Fantasy Football tab, and under that tab it'll have the NFL predictions. Or you can follow us on Twitter at calldt. 
and on Instagram at wakeupcall underscore DT, and you will find a link there. You'll also find a link on Facebook at wakeupcalldt to like that page, and you will be able to see our NFL predictions and see how we do moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, there was three overtime games that happened this week. Normally you see two overtimes a season, maybe two overtime, three, four, five maximum, but very rarely do I feel like we see three overtimes in one single week. But that happened this week when we had overtime in the Tennessee-Philadelphia game, Houston Indy game, and Oakland up against Cleveland. So, very, very excited about this. Uh, very cool to see. I love seeing overtime. You know, as long as it's not your team, I think that, you know, people like seeing overtime and some extra football. Johnny said, anyone see me beat Jimmy in fantasy? So, he beat his brother in fantasy. He's very happy about that. Jimmy is the champion of one of my fantasy football leagues in Central New York that we have at the Wildcat Sports Pub. He's the reigning the reigning champion of the Wake Up Call league that we have. Uh, we have four different leagues at the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York on 3680 Milton Avenue. And Jimmy and Johnny are in one of them. And so Jimmy has the trophy from last year, but Johnny had the head-to-head victory this year. So Johnny very excited right now about having that head-to-head win as he moves forward in the grand scheme of things. And uh, he just said King Slayer, which was kind of cool to say something like that. So he took down the best the best one out there from this past year, you know, took down the reigning champion. So he's very proud of himself for that. Congrats to you, Johnny, for doing that. My teams are trying to get back on the horse. Finally got a victory with one of my teams that's been struggling to get above water. So doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm between 3-1, and 2-2, two and 1-3 two and and right now in five different leagues. So, And it's not for lack of effort. I've tied, speaking of ties and going into overtime and whatnot, I've tied twice this year, and I've lost both of the ties because our tiebreaker goes to our bench points. So I tied the team, went to my bench, and my bench didn't perform as well. And, you know, it's kind of, it sucks in the sense of if you have guys who are injured on your bench, if you have guys who are on bye weeks on your bench, if you have guys who are suspended on your bench like Mark Ingram, that obviously, you know, affects you. So I was, you know, in a place, and I'm not trying to make an excuse, I'm just talking about reality, where, you know, I my bench just didn't do what they needed to do, hence why they were on my bench, and ultimately I lost that. So those ties could have been something else for me, but, you know, they, they weren't losses, but they turned into losses, and those kind of sting a little bit, but I'm hoping that my team's We'll bounce back as we move forward. Always happy to give you advice. It seems like I help out people always better than I help out myself. So listening to our advice is paramount. And maybe I should, you know, <laughs> maybe I should have, you know, somebody else set the lineup because I do. I I shouldn't say that I overthink it, but you know, you got to go out there and, and believe in what you got and the players that you have, and you always have to be one step ahead. And I care so much about taking care of you, the fantasy owner out there that I take care of myself last. So, you know, I got to do a better job of, and and don't we all in that scheme of life of saying we help other people, but we don't help ourselves. So in my case, I help you in fantasy first and I help myself second. So definitely, 
go and check out our advice and listen every week to Mike Sofka and myself set you up for the week. And it'll be on demand on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. You can also go to wakeupcalldt.com and right on the homepage, if you click on the iTunes pod pa- podcast, the Podbean podcast, TuneIn Radio, or the RSS feed, you will get all of our shows there, including every single week of fantasy advice that you can take and listen in for free. So definitely make sure that you do that. And we appreciate everybody that has listened in to the show. And uh, we thank you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you take some time with us. So big appreciation for that. So I take care of you first. That's what it comes down to. And I know you appreciate it. I just got to make sure I'm taking care of me too. So my teams are getting back on it. We're doing okay. And we're moving forward in the grand scheme of things, which I'm happy about. With that being said, I wanted to get into these overtime matchups because, like I said, there was three of them, which you pretty much never see happen in the NFL. And those three were Philadelphia, Tennessee, Houston, Indy, and Cleveland against Oakland. Tennessee and Philadelphia, I want to get into this game here. Mariota somehow, someway helps the team get a victory. In overtime, Jake Elliott kicks a field goal to put the team up 23-20. to The rules instituted in recent history in the NFL was that it wasn't the first to score in overtime. If you score a field goal, then the team can respond. They have to score something. So whoever, so this is how it goes. The first team that receives the ball, if they score a touchdown, the game is over. If they score a field goal, then the team that didn't get the ball first in overtime has a right to respond, and it'll go back and forth from there. If the first team that has the ball in overtime doesn't score, any score wins. A safety, a field goal, a touchdown, anything. So that's how it goes. So once again, for those that don't know, In overtime in the NFL, if you kick a field goal, if you're the first team to receive the ball in overtime and you kick a field goal, the other team can respond. If they kick a field goal, it goes back and forth. If the other team responds with a touchdown, as happened in this case, the game is over. Anytime a touchdown is scored, the game is over. If the first team to receive the ball doesn't score any point, makes the game over. A field goal, a safety, a touchdown, anything. So if you're the team that gets the ball, you have to score first. If you score a touchdown, it's done. If you score a field goal, it continues. In this case, that's what happened. Philadelphia scored a field goal, and then Marcus Mariota and Corey Davis responded with a touchdown on a drive that was 16 plays, 75 yards, very methodical, took six minutes off the clock, and with five seconds left in overtime, Marcus Mariota led a scoring drive. Very different from the Mariota that we saw against the ten- the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. We see him out here in this game with a touchdown run and two passing touchdowns. Ryan Suckup was healthy enough to play, which is good to see because I know he's on the injury report. And who kept him in the game for Philadelphia was their kicker, Jake Elliott, who in this game had to kick three different field goals to keep it going. Carson Wentz had two touchdowns in the game, but it wasn't enough. And believe it or not, and this is why I say that they are the kryptonite of the Jaguars and they are a thorn in the Jaguars' side, somehow, someway, the Jaguars are 3-1 and one, and the Titans are 3-1. and one. And guess what? The Jaguars are 3-1, and one, the Titans are 3-1, and one, and the Titans hold the tiebreaker against the Jaguars just like they did last year. So if the Jaguars and the Titans end with the same record and the Titans hold the tiebreaker, then the Jaguars will lose the division just to let you know. That is the reality 
of what's going on right now with the Titans and the Jaguars. They're both three and one somehow, some way. It just always, the Titans are the thorn in the side of the, it's just reality. They are the thorn in the side of the Jaguars. It's the truth of the matter. It is, it, it, it is one of those things. It is what it is, but it'll become what they make of it. So it is what it is right now. And the Jaguars better smarten up here and, and change the pace of this thing and, and get some and do something better as they move forward because right now the Titans have got their goat so to speak and the Titans are three and one after beating the reigning Super Bowl champions believe it or not that is what happened so pretty crazy to see something like that uh, happen in the here and now especially you know when we look at this season for the Titans and you know how the, even the Titans offense and what they you know didn't do recently here so pretty crazy to see how they're playing but again this is the Titans and I should not be surprised by any stretch of the imagination because I know all too well how the Titans always seem to show up at the end of the season reminding the Jaguars that they beat them head to head so Jacksonville better win against them when they face them coming up on Thursday night football later on in the season because they don't want to be in a position where they're behind the eight ball and somehow win a bunch of games but lose this division. So with that being said, congratulations to the Titans and much respect to the Titans for finding a way to win, which they typically always seem to be able to do. So they are who they are, and the Jaguars... They got to watch that. Definitely have to watch what's going on there. Outside of that, the other two that I want to discuss, the uh, the other two that we had that went into overtime, Houston and Indianapolis. Rob asked me off the air last night when uh, when we were talking on the phone. He said, "Did he? Sorry, Johnny just asked me what I wanted to cook on the live feed here, and I'm trying to understand what he meant by that." So Rob asked me last night, he said, did Frank Reich lose his job? And I was like, what? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, for that play that he called at the end of the game, did he lose his job yet? And I said, no. And there was something this morning that he could lose his job on this. The Indianapolis Colts at home went into overtime with the Houston Texans, thanks to scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter. Eric Ebron and Naheem Hines both caught touchdown passes from Andrew Luck, who who facilitated the comeback to get his team from down 28-23 to tied 31 apiece. And in this game, go into overtime and somehow, some way, in overtime, at the end of overtime, with, with time expiring, the Houston Texans win. Why? Well, I'll tell you, again, with the overtime rules. So Adam Vinatieri kicked a field goal, right, on the first drive. So then Philly, so then Houston's got to respond. They responded with a touchdown, or with a uh, field goal of their own. So field goal for field goal continues overtime. So now it's a live, now it's a live game. Whoever scores safety, field goal, touchdown, whatever, now the game is over. Defensive touchdown, offensive touchdown, whoever scores first, the game is over. So let me bring you into the play-by-play from that sense. And we're going to go to the overtime portion of this inside of the play-by-play. So this is this is the craziness of what happens in this game for the Houston Texans as well as the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it is 
it is tremendously, tremendously insane that we are where we are with this. Turnover on downs, let me get into it here. So this is how it starts off. Andrew Luck passes short to Ryan Grant. He gets it to short left for 12 yards. And then, so they get a first down on their first down. Then he goes to Eric Ebron on first down and gets nine yards. And then on second and one, Naheem Hines in a no-huddle shotgun, he goes one yard, but there's a penalty on Indianapolis, so they have to go back 10 yards for offensive holding. Andrew Luck goes in the shotgun. He gets sacked for negative 10 yards. On third and 21, Andrew Luck gets the ball out to Allie Cox for 17 yards. There's a timeout by Houston, a timeout by Indy. On fourth and four, after third and 21, on fourth and four, Frank Reich elects to go for it on his own 43-yard line. Not on their 43-yard line of Houston. Not at midfield, not at the Houston 20, but on his own 43-yard line, he decides to go for it, and Chester Rogers does not receive the pass from Andrew Luck, which is a turnover on downs. Deshaun Watson comes onto the field. He goes to DeAndre Hopkins for 24 yards, which puts the team on the 19-yard line of the Colts, and then Deshaun Watson spikes the ball to stop the clock with four seconds left. After that one pass, they kick a field goal as time expires. One of the dumbest moves by a coach in recent history, but this is what people will say. If he completed the pass and he continued the drive, then he would say this and other people would say this, then he's a genius. If he does that, now all of a sudden he's a smart guy. Now he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't do that. It doesn't happen. They end up turning the ball over. Fourth and four on your own 43-yard line. And I guess his mentality was, listen, we got to try and win this game, go for broke. I don't want to end the game in a tie. But when you are doing that, in overtime, in sudden death of overtime, on your own 43, you make one mistake. You throw an interception, you get stopped short like they do, or an incomplete pass, any of those things happen, then you're putting them in great field position where all they need to do is is Deshaun Watson essentially has to run or pass for at least 10 yards, get to the 33, and then try that field goal. And again, you're indoors, You're at Lucas Oil Stadium. You're not playing the elements outside, so that's another advantage to being there. And the man that boots it through with credit to him is uh, Fairbaum, who, or Fairbarn, pardon me, who kicks this field goal from 37 yards away to win the game for the Houston Texans. So instead of taking the tie and being 1 2 1, they're now 1 3. Houston is 1 3. Indy is 1 3. And on the other side of the division of the AFC South, the Jaguars and the Titans are three and one. So with that being said, three out of four teams in the AFC South played an overtime game this week. The only one that didn't was the Jaguars, who won 31-12 for a game that I was on site on location for, and you heard interviews with the Jaguars on the prowl on yesterday's show. You'll also hear that by going to the show archive on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. You can also get it by clicking on any of the logos underneath our live feed on wakeupcalldt.com to listen in to those interviews. So three out of four teams in the AFC South go into overtime this week. The only one not to do it are the Jaguars. Then on the other side of this thing, we have the, or not on the other side, pardon me, but with the final game that I want to talk about in the NFL that went into overtime in a three, three-peat for overtime this week. Three games went into overtime. Three. 
Sometimes we don't see three overtimes a season. Three games going overtime. The Browns on the road against the Raiders goes into OT, and this is how it all went down, craziness of all this. So Gary on Conley has an interception return for a touchdown for the Raiders. They go up 7 to nothing. Greg Joseph kicks a field goal. Then Nick Chubb has a 63-yard run. The two-point conversion fails. Cleveland goes up 9-7. Darren Fells takes a pass from Baker Mayfield and a 49 yards. And then a two-point conversion by Duke Johnson Jr. does work. The team goes up 17-7 in favor of the Browns. Amari Cooper, who's done little to nothing in recent history, he gets a touchdown and puts the team down 17-14 at halftime. Greg Joseph comes out in the third quarter for the Browns, puts the team up 20-14 to on a field goal from 28 away. Jarvis Landry gets a, gets a touchdown for Baker Mayfield, and Duke Johnson once again for the second time in the game rushes for a two-point conversion. They go up 28-14. to Jared Cook then gets a touchdown from Derek Carr, 28-21. I told you to play Cook if you're going to play anybody out there. Then McC- Matt McCrane has a field goal for the Oakland Raiders, 28-24, they're down. Jordy Nelson, who's done little to nothing this year, gets a touchdown, puts Oakland up with 12.46 left to go in the game, 31-28, and then a field goal by McCrane makes it 34-28. Carlos Hyde goes in from one yard out, puts the team up 35-34 for the Browns. Nick Chubb gets a 41-yard run, so he breaks a 63-yard run and a 41 yard run in this game alone team goes up 42 to 34 and then Jared Cook with 30 seconds left in the game catches a touchdown pass from Derek Carr and then the Jordy Nelson two-point conversion goes through they go for broke with 30 seconds left to go it's 42 to 40 and they complete the two-point conversion to make it 42 apiece and Matt McCrane in overtime kicks a field goal 146 left to go and wins the game 45-42. to So not only did we have three overtimes this week, but they were close overtimes that went down to the final seconds, final moments, final couple minutes of OT. Baker Mayfield, in his first officially official start, does not win the game, but not for lack of effort. Two touchdowns, did have two picks in the game. He was 21-41. of He completed... He completed 21 passes, and had 20 incompletions. So that's something to look at moving forward that he's got to clean up. Nick Chubb had three carries for 105 yards, 35 yards a carry, two touchdowns on those. The 41-yard touchdown, the 63-yard touchdown, gave him 104 yards on just two of his plays. And then the other one, he only took a yard. Nick Chubb, big time in the game. Carlos Hyde had 22 carries for 82 yards, 3.7 yards a carry with one touchdown. So Carlos Hyde has two, 22 carries, goes 82 yards. Nick Chubb has three carries, goes 105. So the back and forth between the two of them seems to be working, and Duke Johnson getting his time in the backfield and through the air seems to be working for the team as well as he definitely helped them out in their two-point conversion. And he's a great weapon to have on a two-point conversion because he is a back that can catch the ball, be a check down, be an emergency, and he can rush it if need be as well. Darren Fells getting a touchdown and Jarvis Landry getting a touchdown for the team. Darren Fells, a tight end on the squad from UC Irvine. 
and David Njoku, he had five catches for 52 yards for the other tight end, and Antonio Callaway, three catches for 54. Rashard Higgins led all receivers for Cleveland, four catches for 61 yards out of Colorado State. So they're doing what they need to do, and Baker Mayfield is spreading the ball around. For Oakland, we saw 128 yards on eight catches with a touchdown for Amari Cooper, his best game by far, but fantasy football owners beware. He is not a consistent wide receiver. So don't get don't buy into the hype. You got to watch these things. Jared Cook, 110 yards, eight catches, two touchdowns in the game. Big time for him. I told you to play him in the game. I hope you listen to me. Jordy Nelson, 48 yards, still underwhelming but did catch a touchdown for the team and I believe that this is first this is his first touchdown as an Oakland Raider through these first four games. Pardon me. And it's his second touchdown. He did have one in a loss to Miami. So The Cleveland Browns force overtime in Oakland against the Raiders, definitely showing you that this Cleveland Browns team is not the Cleveland Browns team of old. It's not the team that your grandfather had, so to speak, or even your father. This is a different Cleveland Browns team, and Baker Mayfield is making it fun. So is Nick Chubb and company, and that defense, I know in this game it doesn't look great, but there's some good things going on in Cleveland, and there's going to be some Brown fans that come out of the woodwork and dust off their jerseys and come out of the bunker that they've been in since the Y2K time when the team came back in 1999. So I'll be excited to see those Browns fans come out because they definitely have something to be excited about moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, it's now time for the ingredients to success, proudly presented by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing. Utica Pizza Company is located on 628 South Main Street, in North Syracuse, New York. It is the place to go to for your pizza, for your lasagna, for your meatball sub, for your chicken parmesan, your chicken riggies, and so much more, your Utica greens. There is no place like Utica Pizza Company, hence why we work with them, and hence why they've been in business for such a long time. Utica Pizza Company, 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. You can get in touch with them by going to uticapizzacompany.com and for catering as well as delivery and takeout, make sure that you call 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. You can also get in touch with Utica Pizza Company for It's a Utica Thing to come to your location and bring their food truck by going to itsautica.com. It's a Utica Thing, no apostrophe. It's a Utica Thing.com. And It's a Utica Thing's products, the Riggy sauces, whether it's chicken riggy, piggy riggy, veggie riggy, roasted garlic, so on and so forth, as well as their marinara sauce, which we call matanade. You can find all of that in the Utica tomato pie in your local stores throughout central and upstate New York. So Utica Pizza Company is for you right there in North Syracuse for dine-in, takeout, catering, and delivery. They're also there with you at your stores, your Stewart Shops, your Beacon Skiff, your Nichols, your Price Chopper, your Spiras, and so much more by going throughout central and upstate New York. And while you're shopping, picking up some Utica Pizza sauce as well as their tomato pie and so much more to bring home to your family to make things the way you want to make them which is the right way when it comes to creating something in your kitchen do it with Utica Pizza Company and do it with their sauces because as much as those sauces are in a jar they're not jarred sauce that's not what you're thinking of it's homemade sauce in a jar it's that great traditional sauce that they've created in a jar their tradition from their family when we say traditional at Utica Pizza Company 
and it's a Utica thing. We're talking about grandparents to parents to now Charlie and Phil and their entire team making these sauces for you every single day. It took years to perfect this, years to get the right the right jarring, the right labels, and of course the right ingredients, the right substance, so that when you open that jar and you pour it on your pasta at home, it tastes like you're sitting at Utica Pizza Company. There is a lot of time and a lot of effort that goes into this, so make sure you pay that back by going to Utica Pizza Company in North Syracuse on 628 South Main Street, and by finding your It's a Utica Thing products in your local stores around Central and upstate New York, included but not limited to Spira's Nichols, Price Chopper, Stewart Shops, and Beacon Skiff. With that being said, the ingredients to success for today have to do with how you beat Pat Mahomes. Well, you sack the quarterback. Pat Mahomes has not been sacked more than once or twice per game in the first four games of the season. The Chiefs offensive line only given up typically one sack per game. Only one game they've given up two. So they're playing the Jaguars defense this upcoming week. And the Jaguars defense, if anybody's going to get to the quarterback, it would be Jacksonville. Jacksonville is at Kansas City at 1 p.m. Eastern time on CBS this Sunday, October 7th. It is going to be one of the games of the week, in my opinion, because this could be the two teams you see in the AFC Conference Championship if the Patriots stay where they are, and everybody wants to say the Patriots are back because the Patriots beat Miami. And I say to that response, whoop-de-freaking-who. They're playing the Colts, who I think they'll beat, especially Frank Reich's making the decisions on some of this stuff. They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Jaguars. They defeated the Texans by a touchdown, and they blew out the Dolphins. So, again, when they beat good teams, show me. Tom Brady threw two interceptions in this game. He had three touchdowns to two interceptions. He had 12 incompletions to 23 completions in this game. Sony Michelle did tremendous for them. There's a reason why they drafted him in the first round. And I said that, you know, typically the Patriots never go after a running back that early. They go for no-name running backs who are on teams as a second or third stringer or practice squad or return team special teams guy, and they put them on the team and they turn into a phenom. Well, in this case, Sony Michelle. He was very good in Georgia, and he's very good with New England. And they continue to move forward with him, and I think he should be the guy. He had a touchdown in the game, 112 yards. James White had a touchdown through the air and on the ground, with James White being a great option for the New England Patriots, like a Kevin Falk was for them in the past, with catching the ball out of the backfield and running the ball as well. He is one of the guys that you should play every week if he's on your roster when it comes to playing a running back. He should definitely, at the very least, be your flex player, but he's not a bad number two at this point when he's leading the team in receiving and second uh, in rushing for the team as well, who found a lot of success in this game with you know with him and with Sony. And then that's the thing with the New England Patriots. Sony Michelle and James White in the backfield make this team dangerous because we know Tom Brady can throw. We know that Tom Brady can win games, but with Sony Michelle and James White, they can run the clock down. And they haven't had a guy like Sony Michelle in a very long time or even close. So shout out to them for being smart enough to take him when they did. They obviously made a good decision, and the rich got richer on that play, which I know a lot of people are upset about, and rightly so because the rich got richer when they decided to draft Sony Michelle. But again, 
if somebody else, you know, saw him there, it's on you to pick him up. It's not, it's not anybody else's fault, but your own, if you let him pass by you. So Patriots, we'll see where they're at. But right now, the dangerous teams in the AFC, in my opinion, are definitely the Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs don't really play defense. The Jaguars do. So that leans into the favor of the Jaguars. Ingredients to success for a Jaguars win in this game is continue to play your defense. Continue to harass. And why would you stop? You have Marcel Darius. You have Malik Jackson. You have Yannick Ngakwe. You also have you know the likes of Dante Fowler Jr. and Calais Campbell and so on and so forth. They have a lot of talent on this Jaguars front line. The linebackers are doing a good job as well. And I also want to give a shout-out to, of course, Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, to Sean Gibson Sr. and Barry Church, who have all been tremendous. Gibson had an interception that was called off because of defensive holding on A.J. Boye, but Gibson's come up huge. There was all the talk about how well he played against Gronk, against the Patriots, and a big-time win for the Jaguars their first ever win against the Patriots in the regular season ever. First time that they beat the Patriots with Tom Brady as the quarterback and the first time that they have beaten them since 1999, which was 19 years and eight months ago to the time that they had last won against the New England Patriots, only twice in 13 years. So Gibson's been very, very good. Barry Church had a, had a sack for a 10-yard loss on Sam Darnold in the game that I was at most recently against the Jets in Jacksonville in Duval. So big time play by all these guys. How do they win the game? They continue to be the defense they are. They continue to harass on all levels. They continue to make the Kansas City Chiefs pay if they're going to try and catch the ball over the middle, down the field, if they're going to try and run it, whatever they're going to do, they have to make sure that they condense that. They got to be better on their run defense because – Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry did just enough to get by. They got to be better on that. Tyreek Hill is the fastest guy in the NFL. He's going to be really, really hard to stop. These guys have to just make sure that they don't expose themselves like they did before when, you know, the Patriots went over the middle in the AFC Championship game and Miles Jack and company were left chasing. They got to kind of anticipate the route, be able to read Pat Mahomes as best as they can and make sure that they get to Tyreek Hill early and often and as quickly as possible because as soon as he catches that ball and makes that first move up the field, he's going to turn the Jets on. And as soon as those Jets are turned on, he's going to be hard to stop. So the biggest thing for them is if he's going to make, if he's going to catch the ball out there, they have to anticipate where he's going to be, where he's heading, and be able to form a wall to knock him down before he gets any farther. Kareem Hunt is also a good running back, better than some other guys that they've seen this year. They got to be prepared for that in the run defense. And Pat Mahomes, they got to make the guy make a mistake. He hasn't thrown an interception in the first four weeks of the season. The team is four and zero. He has 14 touchdowns to no interceptions through the air. They have to make him make a mistake. They got to turn him over, and that's going to help him out in this game. Kansas City does not play defense. They allowed 28 points to the Chargers, 37 to the Steelers, 27 to the Niners, and 23 to the Broncos. And the Broncos aren't an electrifying offense, so there's no surprise that they were the ones that scored the least. So all of these games have been relatively close and have been a little bit of separation for Kansas City because they can outscore you. So Blake Bortles has to get the ball down the field. He has to get more consistent with moving the ball. He looked like a friggin' gem against the Patriots, looked like a gem against the Jets, 
and was horrendous against the Titans. But again, I don't give that all to him. A.J. Can being injured, Cam Robinson being injured, Leonard Fournette being injured, all affected his protection, and he really had no time to throw the ball, especially in the second half against the Titans. So I'm I'm not going to blame that game solely on Blake Bortles. I will say that he needs to get more consistent because when he's on point, he's on point, but they need him on point for 16 games plus. They don't need him on point for 14 of 16 or 5 of 16 or 9 of 16, which sometimes he's been that way in the past. So he's got to be consistently good in this game, got to move the ball down the field. The receivers got to make big-time plays. They got to take advantage of this Kansas City defense that gives up points. D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief are both playing well early on this season. They got to make the most of that. Kalen Cole was quiet and didn't have to do much in this game, so it would behoove the Jaguars to target him because maybe they'll be more keying in on Dante Moncrief and Didi, which will leave Keelan open. And believe it or not, the Jaguars, you're not going to tre- double-team three different receivers, so somebody's going to get open, and Blake's got to make sure he gets the ball there on point, on time, and that he leads the receiver like he did with Moncrief and doesn't underthrow them and make some of the bad passes he's made in the recent past and in his career with Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette, whether he's there or not, T.J. Eldon and Corey Grant have shown that they're more than capable. they got to continue to do that. T.J.'s got to turn on the Jets himself. And Corey Grant is pretty damn speedy. So you got Tyreek Hill on one side and Kareem Hunt. you got Corey Grant on the other side. I would think that Nate Hackett's going to use him in this to show that he has speed and power on his side as well. And outside of that, it may come down to a field goal. Josh Lambeau's been tremendous in that respect. He's got to be tremendous again. Kansas City's key to victory. Try to play some defense. (laughs) Try to condense the Jaguars as much as you can. Get Blake to turn the ball over. Anticipate where he's going to be and be there first. Kansas City's defense has not played well. They've given up a ton of points. But this would be the week where it's like they got to step on it because Blake can make some mistakes out there. Obviously use Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt as often as possible. Use Sammy Watkins and some of these guys that are under the radar to move the ball. I think they have the best tight end in the country, arguably. Health-wise, I think he's the best next to Rob Gronkowski, if not better. So get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Make those linebackers have to take him down in the open field. Pat Mahomes, keep doing what you do. Man threw a left-handed pass to keep a drive alive in the win yesterday over the Broncos, and he's not even a left-handed quarterback. He made a left-handed throw 10 yards up the field. Seriously? Like almost 10, or 5 to 10 yards up the field. He made a left-handed throw with the game on the line with his offhand. And they won. Jacksonville has to show that the king can bleed a little bit here, and they need to get after Pat Mahomes. Kansas City's just got to keep doing what they're doing offensively. Don't change anything. Defensively, They have to be able to get turnovers if they want to win this game. Those are your ingredients to success in this matchup for Kansas City and Jacksonville, a big-time matchup that we could see down the road if all things continue for Kansas City and Jacksonville. We could see these teams at the end of things, or at least both of them take a shot at the Patriots in the AFC playoffs side of things. So Johnny said Detroit Lions stand up, hashtag one pride. Hashtag is Detroit ready for Johnny because he's going there for his honeymoon with his wife, Erin, and I'm very excited for that. Johnny, one of our longtime listeners, and uh, invited me to his wedding. 
I consider him a friend, which, you know, when you have listeners that become friends, that's pretty tremendous and amazing. And I feel very honored and uh, I always appreciate Johnny and I appreciate Aaron and I hope they have the best honeymoon ever. And I hope that they see a victory for themselves as they go out there for Detroit. I hope that they, they see that victory come to fruition. So Jacksonville, they got to keep doing what they're doing on defense. Offense has to be consistent, has to move the ball, and they have to be able to condense the clock and keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands. On the other side of it, it's the opposite. They got to keep doing what they're doing offensively. Defensively, they have to create turnovers to give the ball back to Pat Mahomes to condense the clock and keep the ball out of Jacksonville's hands in the game. So, big time matchup, a big time offense against a big time defense with an offense that can produce but has to be more consistent in Jacksonville. Big, big, big game. Circle it on the calendar. You better be watching. 1 p.m. Eastern time on October 7th, two weeks before my birthday. God bless and thank you so much for listening into the show. And thank you to the ingredients to success for the Jaguars at the Chiefs, proudly brought to you by Utica Pizza Company. And it's a Utica thing. And make sure you get the Chicken Riggy Pizza number one wake-up call pick at Utica Pizza Company. If you want a slice or two, call ahead 315-214-3060. They'll put it in the window so you can grab a slice if you're just coming there quick on a work break. Make sure you call. So if you're getting a whole pie, you know, you call, you do your thing and whatever. If you're just coming for a slice or two, 315-214-3060. Hey, guys, do you have that that wake-up call number one pick, Chicken Riggy Pizza? Yeah, man, we got it in the window. Or, no, man, we don't have it. Do you want one? Yeah, okay, we'll pop it in right now. We'll see you in 15 to 20. There you go. So make sure you do that today. 315-214-3060. God bless each and every single one of you. Find us on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT. Twitter at CallDT and Instagram at WakeUpCall underscore DT. All the time on WakeUpCallDT.com and back here in the morning on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT for tomorrow's broadcast, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. God bless, be well, and make sure that you take care of yourself and don't harp on the bad, don't harp on the negative. Focus on the positive and have the day that you want to have. And who wants to have a bad day? Nobody. So go have a good one. I'll talk to you soon.